up next, what you prime and where when you're painting your house. And when. Welcome to the Handy Guys Podcast, a podcast for handy guys from handy guys. Here are the handy guys themselves, Brian and Paul. So, Brian, we got a caller, a listener. Are they a caller or a listener? I guess a fan. A fan that called in. No, they emailed in. Yes. (laughs) Do we have a call? Yes, we do have a call in number. But in this case, they emailed in about paint. And specifically, they were interviewing a couple different contractors. It's always good to get at least two different, two or three different quotes when you're looking at contractors. And they uh, got two different opinions and prices on painting their house particularly in regards to the priming portion of the job. And we're going to talk about that, the importance of priming, where you prime, and how much you prime. But first, let's give out our contact information. So just go to our website, handyguyspodcast.com, click on the Contact Us tab, and all the information is there. Got a project on your honeydew list? Let the Handy Guys know about it, and they may talk about it on their next podcast. So, Brian, do you have the question here uh, that we received from our listener? Yeah, let me see if I can read it here. It says, uh, I have a question about painting and priming. I'm having the exterior of our house painted. The house is already painted 11 years ago and doesn't have any real paint issues like cracking or peeling. Uh, Some, but not much. I've gotten a couple of bids, and each contractor has a different approach. One will scrape and spot prime, then paint the house. The other says they will scrape and prime the whole house and then paint. So the question is, do you need to prime the whole house if the existing paint is still in good shape? Now, first of all, there's a little hidden gem in this question that I just realized that I had not realized before. How long has it been since he painted this? 11 years. And he says it's in good condition. Yes. Still pretty good condition. That's great. That is. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. So he maybe he wasn't the homeowner, but whoever painted it the first time the last time did did it right. They did a good job. Yeah. Uh, and we and did he say if it was wood or cement board or uh, I, I forget. He did Doesn't, not say. Okay. Anyway, I think we learned in another email that I think that it's wood, but wood siding. Yeah. yeah. So it's an interesting question. Now what is the, the typical way you do it, Brian, whenever I painted the exterior houses, maybe because right. I'm lazy, but I scrape any areas where the paint is peeling. Yes. You want to get that, everything scraped off, no loose paint. If it's dirty anywhere, you want it to be clean. You want to clean it, scrub it. Yeah. Yep. So you want it to be clean. And uh, if after doing that, I if I have exposed wood, then I prime, spot prime those areas where wood they, is, is exposed. So all the paint has come off. In right. that area. Right. And the other step that is in between there that you might also do is a little bit of sanding. Sure. Yeah. So when you scrape and you've got some bare wood and then some adhered paint, you have sort of an edge there. So you might want to sand that so that you have a smooth transition between the uh, the new and the old. It feathers the edge. So it feathers the, it's that a lot edge, smoother. Right? You notice if you're if you ever look at a house that's really old, a hundred years old or two hundred, right. it's all you can see all the different coats. It kind of is neat in some ways because it makes the house look older for one. Right. But right. yeah, on a house that's ten or 20, 15, 20 years old, you want to try to. And here's a quick tip for that. you, Paul, regarding that. When you're doing that sanding, let's say you get out your random orbital sander mm-hmm. and you start sanding that transition to feather it out. Be very careful because the wood is softer than the paint. Yeah. And so you're going to end up 
sanding more wood down and then you'll have a little <laughs> depression there. So right. you want to make sure you're sanding on the paint, the existing paint to feather it in and not on the wood itself. Now, when you're once you scraped off the paint, you have some bare wood. What what do you do if you have cracks and things like that? Right. Well, then you're going to use some kind of uh, exterior wood filler. We're talking about exterior projects right. here, so a good wood filler, or you could even use a little bit of bondo, depending on the crack and the size of the crack. And We've you talked can, about that before. Yeah, and if you have cracks in your Chevy, you can use it there as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so we are big fans of spot priming. Now, let's talk about. When you might reprime the entire house. Ah, okay. Is there ever an occasion where you ought to prime the entire house? If you're doing a major color change? Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Right. Uh, if you have... Because it'll save you some money because the primer is typically cheaper if you're using a major... Yeah, sometimes. And, and it'll also help you get an even and the correct color. Right. So sometimes the the bottom color will transmit up through the top coat. Right. So if you're going from a you know, one wild shade to another wild shade, you don't want that first coat to influence what sure. the look of the final coat is going to be. Okay. And you're mostly paying for labor, so I guess it doesn't matter so much the cost of the paint. Uh why why would you do say I guess you may still have to do two coats then on top of the primer of finish. You might have to. So and there's some people that'll recommend if you're changing from one kind of paint like to a, another. An oil base to a water or the other way around. Right. Right. You should use a primer then. You should get... use a primer. That's what some people recommend. Right. I personally haven't found that to be critical. What I have found to be critical is if you're painting over a glossy paint, it needs to be deglossed so that you get good adhesion. So you can Absolutely. do that with sanding, but there are some primers that can serve that function as well. Well, I think the, one of the concerns, I, th I don't think you're supposed to paint over, I thought if you had oil base, you're supposed to stay oil or vice versa. If it's latex, you're not supposed to switch to oil because it That's expands right. and contracts differently yes, than the you're, oil. Yes, you're right. And, you know, I think it's, it's interesting. Oil-based paint is going to be a dying breed in right. this country because of... EPA. EPA. Yeah. yeah, they're our friends, aren't they? They got on well, our case It's interesting. Didn't I have a, a relative, a close relative, yeah. who... And I want to talk about that. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that EPA getting on our case one of these days. But <laughs> right. um, I have a friend who has been a painter off and on his entire life. Yeah. He's, he's always done it odd jobs anyway. He uh, was talking about a particular chain that we all know about, one of the leading vendors of paint. Yes. And he said that they had a trim product, and I think he was specifically talking about an interior trim paint, but he said yeah. it was awesome. Usually could do trim in one coat or two, and it was you know laid down perfectly, no brush marks, which is why mm -hmm. you typically use an oil-based paint. Those right. brush marks just disappear. And, and anyway, since the EP made them take out certain ingredients... They it, now it's terrible. You need about four coats, <laughs> right? And, and it then, doesn't look right, and it yeah, doesn't hold up right. quite as well. Uh, all because it has some VOCs, right. is what exactly. they call them, yeah. uh, volatile organic compounds. Exactly. Essentially, it's it stinks. So we were dying sooner, but we had great looking paint <laughs> right. trim in the homes. <laughs> has anyone ever died from smelling paint fumes? Uh, I don't know. They didn't live to tell talk about it. I guess, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess if you, you know, didn't uh, didn't the Joker or something fall into a vat of paint fumes? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a vat of something. But anyway, so yeah, you're right. Most paint nowadays is latex. You can do latex over oil. You would, I guess that the occasion of you doing the reverse is not really an issue anymore. Right. But on that, I know a guy who stocked up on that paint you were referring yeah. to and bought all the I believe that it. the local store had. Just so that they would have it in their inventory when they wanted to use it. Interesting. So I wonder if you can. Does anyone stock up on lead paint anymore? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know about that. I hear that had great coverage, but <laughs> anyway. All right. So I don't know why the one contractor would suggest then to prime the entire house, other than just trying to maybe cover himself to get the best. Finish. Maybe he's concerned about stains. If the wood, you know, were sure. knots or other stains on and, the wood, but that can be or... spot primed. Like, yeah. like I have uh, some interior trim work in my house that needs to be painted, and it only has, you know, a coat of primer and a coat of finish paint that was put on when the house was built, and some knots have bled through because it was just a, you know, basic pine board, and those need to be spot primed right. before I paint that again. So that could be the case. Maybe there's a lot of that. So instead of just spot priming and ending up painting half the house with spot priming, he just wants to just do the whole thing. Where I've seen on some homes, they get those stains from leaves or things like that, where it makes those oil marks or... Yeah, it could be something exterior, but that should be washed off before right. painting. But some of those will stain the paint, so... Yeah, it could be. Mold or mildew will stain. Here's my guess is what this guy was trying to do. Because you're (laughs) right, it's all labor. Did he work for the EPA? (laughs) No. (laughs) Energy uh, star. When you hire a painter, most of the job, most of the price is in labor. So if this guy can sell the homeowner on priming everything, then he's there twice as long and his labor rate is, is double and he's paying his guys and he's keeping them employed. So, Right, but at least they're working. Yeah, that, that's right. So if you want to contribute <laughs> to the, to the... Uh, economic prosperity of this particular painting contractor, go for it. But I don't think in most cases it's necessary to prime But he everything. knows, the contractor knows he's probably going to compete against another quote. So right. So he's is he gonna, trying to pull the wool try... over the homeowner's eyes and yeah. think that they have to? You think that's... Yeah. Uh, my, my guess is he's not, he's just saying, you know what, it'll give you a better job. I want to bring on. I'm, I want to bring on a local paint contractor and talk about this and see okay. if, see if we can get just. To, of course, I've tried. I've said that before. I want to bring on the, the engineer. We we still haven't had right. On, yeah. What about that engineer decks? that was tweeting us that said they'd love to come on the show and talk about the deck things and then never followed up. They didn't. Okay. Yeah, well, that's kind of. Annoying. I still would like to talk to a uh, a structural engineer on deck posts just for fun, but. So anyway, that's all we have for this episode of the Handy Guys Podcast. If you have questions for us, like our listener did about paint, then send it to us at us at handyguyspodcast.com. The Handy Guys will be back next week. Same handy time, same handy website.